electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Sam Altman, back as CEO of OpenAI, just days after the board fired him. Who came out on top? What questions remain? And what it might mean for the public companies involved? It is Wednesday, November 22nd, Thanksgiving Eve, and welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa. And I'm Mark Gilbert. The more things change, the more they stay the same. A boardroom coup where the CEO actually returned. It's like Steve Jobs at Apple, but condensed into four days. Sam Altman back as CEO, the board replaced, Microsoft's position remains intact. D, I think the big questions now is who came out on top? Yeah. And the short answer there is that we still really don't know. It's amazing how much has happened over the last five days and still how little we know. Um, But I think we can say at least that Microsoft so far has come out on top. Everyone else is sort of a question mark. Um, OpenAI can continue to operate as Microsoft's research lab. Microsoft doesn't have to take on that reputational and executional risk that we talked about over the last few days, Mark. Doesn't have a board seat either, but Even that could be a win. Does it want one? This has been a mess. And, you know, whatever happens in the future, um, you know, I think at least we can say that Microsoft wants to remain an arm's length away because it feels like in a lot of ways we're back to square one. Sam Altman, Greg Brockman, they're back at OpenAI. There is no mass exodus. But, and I can't emphasize this enough. The company, no, we can't call it a company. The organization remains a nonprofit with a mission to serve humanity. Microsoft will continue to bankroll and benefit from its ambitions. I think that point that you made, the word used uh, arm's length is really the important one for Microsoft. They want access to the technology and they want to be able to exert some control, but they don't want to be seen as, uh, you know, owning the entire, the entire stack, right? There's the reputational risk. There's the regulatory risk. I think an underexplored risk here is the financial risk, because right now, as it's currently constituted, and this is a point I saw investor Roger McNamee make, open AI's expenses, compute power, right? All, running all these, you know, all these mm-hmm. searches, those all become Microsoft sales, right? They go back and they and they uh, they flow back into Microsoft. If Sal- if Sam Altman were to move inside Microsoft, then all those expenses move inside the company with him. So that's, you know, it's it's the same total pot of money, but how it's accounted for and how it shows up in Microsoft's, uh, you know, balance sheet and earnings statement is very different. Yeah. And before all of this happened, that was the topic of our deep dive weekly. So make sure you go and check that out. Just how essentially all these big tech companies are investing in these generative AI startups, the two big names, OpenAI and Anthropic. And a lot of that investment is in cloud credit. So it comes back in the door to them as revenue. And this is just, it's an interesting financial quirk when you look at this. Um, You know, some have made the point though, that this is a drop in the bucket, even $10 billion. I go back to that or $13 billion, the amount, the total amount that Microsoft has put into OpenAI. It's a huge amount for a VC fund, but it's, you know, very, very small for Microsoft. And 
Amazon up to $4 billion because they just continue to hold so much cash on their balance sheets. And you made this point on TV yesterday, but it's also, you know, just a win for Sam Altman if it's a win for commercialization, right? Um, that's good for Microsoft because the more customers and the more products that OpenAI can can push, um, you know, the more searches are going to be done uh, on Microsoft servers, which right. ultimately benefits Microsoft. And we'll talk about that change of the board makeup because that is that's sort of the big thing to emerge from this. And I don't know if we can say that you know capitalism has won out because the structure is still as a nonprofit, but what we can say is that the power has shifted and that is going to be critical for the future of this organization and that sort of philosophical debate around commercialization versus caution in developing generative AI. So five days ago, the board was made up of researchers and Silicon Valley insiders largely unknown to the broader public, save Sam Altman himself. Now you've got Quora CEO Adam D'Angelo, he's the only holdover, um, he could have easily been out, right? He's been a controversial figure over the last few weeks. So I think that that sort of tells us that, you know, the faction or the camp that represents cautious development, they still have representation at the very top of this organization. But interesting who he is joined by. Two of the most prominent leaders in business, in business and economy, you've got Brett Taylor, former co-CEO of Salesforce. And remember, he was also chair of the Twitter board um, when they went through everything with Elon Musk. And you know he's credited as the guy with making Elon Musk ultimately do that acquisition. So he, he is very well viewed in Silicon Valley and in tech circles. And then you've also got former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers. Mark, explain yeah, him a little. I think we should talk can. Yeah, talk about this board a little bit. I mean, the, the Larry Summers pick, uh, obviously uh, a very you know well-known figure, sits on a couple of tech boards already, including Block, Jack Dorsey's payments fintech company. He's also uh, already an advisor to Andreessen Horowitz. He also has strong views on AI, which he has not been shy about. Um, you know, does a lot of interviews and he's talked to publicly that he believes AI will replace American jobs in the next, you know, 50 to 100 years and has talked about the the need for the United States to remain competitive in AI with rivals like China. So that's definitely not, you know, the slowdown camp, although he also is uh, warning about how uh, AI is going to significantly change uh, all of our jobs and the and the labor market. He seems like a win for the cautious camp, right? Because what you just described, it's not like, although he sits on the board of Andreessen Horowitz, right? And they're no, the he's ones- He's an advisor. He's an advisor. He sits on the board an of advisor. Block. An advisor. I'm sorry. He advises On the board of Yeah. He's an advisor to Andreessen Horowitz. And Andreessen Horowitz, you could argue, really represents that camp of progress at any cost. Do not stifle innovation and progress no matter what. But it's interesting. I guess Summers is maybe middle of the road because he's been cautious in terms of his tweets and what he said publicly, but he's also an advisor to Andreessen Horowitz. So maybe that was someone who could appease, you know, the cautious camp and the commercialization camp, but <laughs> remains a little bit of a question mark here. Brett Taylor, though, less so. He is, you know, really the golden boy of Silicon Valley. Everyone wants him on their board. Um, his company Quip was acquired by Salesforce and the street was disappointed when he left. I already mentioned what he was able to do at Twitter. He kind of went head to head with Elon Musk. Not many people. Yeah, he's definitely been involved in some serious boardroom negotiations when you think about, you know, selling your company to Mark Benioff, 
forcing Elon Musk or, you know, whatever, holding Elon Musk to acquire yeah. Twitter and then now sort of brokering this deal. He's also a close um, confidant of, of Sam Altman. So that's definitely in the in the Altman camp. There's also this question, though, I think that remains of conflict of interest of board members. Um, Reid Hoffman was on the OpenAI board and he left earlier this year. The thought was because he was investing in other generative AI startups. Um, so he stepped off. But you know, when you look at some of the board members, Brett Taylor, right, he has his own AI startup. He raised $20 million at a $100 million valuation that was reported by the information. Um, no one's raising that idea. And I mentioned this to someone this morning. They said, well, look at Adam D'Angelo. <laughs> he is running Quora with their own generative AI chatbot called Poe, which, you know, seems to compete with ChatGPT. But it goes back to this idea that you know, generative AI is allowed to develop differently, right? These new technologies in Silicon Valley that are special and different in a way. And I mean, I, I would just say that Brett Taylor and Adam D'Angelo is representation that 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 still is the case. There's there's a bit of flexibility or a bit of compromise here. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and that, you know, the, the still sort of playing by its own rules a bit. I do think it's interesting, as you just said, that that. Uh, Basically, you've got two people on this board who are both working on their uh, their own AI projects on the side, and then you have, um, you know, uh, an economist from Washington D.C. or actually, I think he lives in Boston, but um, you know, who who has served in in multiple White House administrations. Just sort of an interesting but, combo of people. Totally, but there's only three of them, right? That's that's tiny, and they're expected to vet and appoint an expanded board of up to nine people that will reset governance at OpenAI. I've read reports that, you know, Sam Altman and Microsoft both want to see it on this board, but we don't know. Yeah. We I mean, that's, I think the big unknown is even are, do I, do these three people stay on permanently, right? Or is, does yeah. Adam D'Angelo, you know, uh, uh, find someone else for the cautious camp to, you know, are those sort of relations between him and the Altman camp able to be repaired? <laughs> it's going to be like a, Supreme Court for generative AI, right? You're going to have, what is that makeup going to be if it's nine people, right? You could have five in the cautious camp, four in the commercialization camp. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out and what that means for development of generative AI as a whole. Now, the investors, right, they've played a big role over the last weekend. There was, um, according to sources, lawsuit. They wanted Sam Altman back and they were ready to sue the previous board if that didn't happen. So I spoke to an investor um, this morning. He wanted to remain anonymous, but they told me that they they still didn't know what led to Altman's ouster last Friday, but believes that it came down to this philosophical debate over the speed of progress, which is, you know, what largely the speculation has been, but we have to remember this is still speculation. We don't definitively know what happened. That investor told me that they're pleased with the outcome in the initial board, adding, quote, you can't hide under the guise of a nonprofit and blow things up. We talked about this yesterday, Mark. Um, the board wanted their cake and to eat it too, and that didn't work out. That's why sort of all this stuff is happening. They also said that they didn't hadn't decided if they would participate in the latest funding round. Remember, that's still going on. This round led by Thrive Capital that would value the organization organization at over $80 billion. And that's probably how a lot of existing investors feel. They probably want some more answers um, and make sure that they understand what happened, which <laughs> nobody still has a good understanding of. I think that's sort of one of the big questions that remains, right? Is, is does this drama, which is sort of now a sideshow, Sam Altman's back, but does this drama impact investor sentiment on the company? 
And does it impact, uh, you know, their customers, right? If you're, if you're looking for, uh, you know, an AI chatbot to power your company's chatbot that you're trying to, to build, do you go with OpenAI and ChatGPT? Or does the, did this make you question the, you know, you want a long-term partner, does this make you sort of question the governance of the country, the company? Um, you know, I think what really happened, who else joins the board, and still how it balances that, you know, altruistic charter about elevating humanity with being a huge company and making um, profits and mm-hmm. increasing its valuation. So there's tons of other news to get to. I think we'll get to it later on in this week and next week. There was NVIDIA earnings. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about the shakeup at Tiger Global, Scott Schiffler, uh, stepping down um, and move, basically moving into a senior advisor role, but big implications potentially for the startup world. But for now, Gilbert, it is Thanksgiving week. So I only have one very important question left for you. Someone asked me it this morning. Favorite Thanksgiving dish? Wow, that's so good. We're deep frying a turkey. And so it has, you know, turkey is no one's favorite food. But now that uh, I've tried deep fried turkey, it's deep fried turkey. (laughs) Shout out to our producer, Jasmine Wu, who is having Peking duck. Such an incredible idea. Yeah. People are always choosing between turkey and ham. Why not Peking duck? I know. Duck is just the way to go. Um, For me, I have to say, stuffing yeah and mashed potatoes yeah there you that's go that's my favorite side um but as Carb, you know i'm canadian so so this is this is like a kind of forced holiday on me <laughs> but we're still <laughs> we're still gonna celebrate even though our real thanksgiving was over a month ago now um with that said though wishing everyone a very very happy thanksgiving you won't see us tomorrow but we will be here on friday right gilbert yeah talk friday everyone have a good thanksgiving okay. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.